like the white claws it's all nope, that's all no. over it, exactly it's just maker's mark on the rocks ready to roll hands are tied what are you supposed to do i don't can't know do can't do shit got a drink Uh, welcome back to the most awesome brand and sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 142 for your eardrums. Guys, choose a favorite. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Choose an email at it may be sportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, welcome to the rock. Most awesome. Welcome to the rock. That's right. We're going to get yep. into it. Yeah. We are going to get into it, sir. Good old classic 90s action movie. I love uh, it. How many times, wanna... how many times, I, I don't come up. How many times have you seen The Rock? You know what? It's That's one of those ones where it's like, if you caught that on HBO, like you're watching for yep. a solid 20 minutes if you have to go someplace. Yeah. Like it's, I've, I've probably seen it like a smattering of 50 different times sitting all the way through probably three or four times but just like you know yeah it's listen i'm gonna give it the end but he's still they got it going it's nice that we get kind of like a little tip of the hat of sean connery get him in on this one like a little tip to the map will, but it's uh yeah it's it's cooking with gas all right guys we got a jam-packed episode 140 was it 42 or 43 42 it's 42 i thought i mean it's 42 look it up I'm gonna look it up. Well, we're googling it early already. Look it, look it up right now. I am. It's gonna. It's gonna. It was bound to happen. This is the first time it happened. We're like, what is this numbered episode? Forty-two, my friend. Forty-two. All right, one forty-two. I don't know what we're one forty-two. All right, one forty-two. Um, we're doing riff from the headlines with the twenty twenty NBA draft. We're doing date yeah. night. We're talking the Rock, Sean Connery, uh, Sean Connery, Nicholas Cage. We're doing Neapolitan Showdown. Uh, top three sports conspiracies. Yeah. And we're going to finish as well as do the MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got your hands full. Oh, yeah. You're a power. Oh, yeah. Uh, it starts now. Extra, extra. Read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. Everybody, um, so we'll do it. Uh, come from the headlines 2020 NBA draft. Why don't we talk about that right now, brother? Because in this bizarre NBA season, we've got on Wednesday, as you guys are listening to it, the NBA draft. Normally, this happens somewhere in the midsummer, but because of the you know pushing off of the NBA season, here we are, uh, in November, gonna do this NBA draft, and then shortly thereafter, they're gonna head into training camp trying to get this rolling back so it's, this is a bizarre nba draft all the way around yes yeah, a little bit bizarre so have they decided are they going to start it on christmas day or is that still up in the air uh i don't know if they have decided on the date as of yet i think they i think it is i think it is that week like that week of the 22nd if i'm looking at it and i think like you know maybe they'll have a couple games here um that's a Tuesday before Christmas. So I think that they are going to start it in that week, which means as we record, I mean, that's like six weeks that they've got before, you know, right now they're on Monday, as you guys are listening to this, they're going to like open it up for making transactions and trades 
the um the draft on Wednesday and I think then free agency starts on like Friday. It's a, it's going to be a weird a weird time, a quick turnaround. We'll see how this all shakes out. Yeah, everything's tightened up a little bit. So uh, look at the teams right now. Is there any players? So before I like, I want to hear your top five ranked, and you go back and forth about it. Hmm. But is there any like top five that has been either um, lost an advantage or gained advantage from the fact that you know that that March Madness tournament didn't happen? Yes, I think I think everyone lost something in this you're talking about the 2020 draft class right like yeah this is a draft class that kind of coming into it we knew it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be like 2003 the lebron draft classes or some of the other you know zion in this past one well i want to i'm proud of you uh so this is uh and it doesn't really matter but this happens to be a draft class that is not it's not stacked and i don't like no i i don't i don't want to say disparaging things that the guys can leave, but like, this isn't like an insane, like, Oh my God, we got to get this one player. Yes, exactly. I mean, there's, if there's anything, no one knows who the consensus number one overall is going to be. Um, and years past, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty well defined that most teams are going to go and go with this particular guy. You know, if you're Zion's, your LeBron's, um, you know, yeah. your Derek Rose's, they become like Kevin Durant, top- right. Yeah. No, they were. He was number one overall. He was number two with Greg Oden. Uh, but yeah, but it's one of those same things. It's like you you have defined talent, or but even this draft, it's like there was a lot of like question marks. So I'll go through my I'll go through my top three, and then Wait. I'll stretch it out right now to five for you. So top three in 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 kind of everyone in, involves James Weissman. Uh, Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball in some way, shape, or form. Now, this this heading into this draft season here, all of them have been hurt by the fact that they haven't had the combine, any any sort of workout sessions, March Madness, as you touched on. Um, all of these guys, like LaMelo Ball is, was playing in Australia, in the Australian League. James Weissman uh, got caught in the kind of unsavory rules of the NCAA and only played three games and was going to miss a season. And Anthony Edwards, who played for Georgia, um, when the season got cut short, they, they most likely would not have made the NCAA tournament. So all three of these prospects in, in any way, shape or form got their kind of summer cut off and then just had no opportunity to make momentum. Now, if I was to rank them, and my three, I would go the the wing prospect out of Georgia, Anthony Edwards, uh, just for his overall upside. I, I just like him. He's got he's six five, uh, like two twenty five, can shoot, uh, super athletic. Uh, I like his kind of versatility one through or two through four in the NBA. Uh, and then I like Lamelo Ball number two is my number two. Um, six, seven point guard, incredible passer, unbelievable vision and awareness can put the ball pretty much anywhere. I would even say better than his brother Lonzo, um, really, truly gifted in that, in that one uh, arena. And then I would say James Weissman is my number three, uh, hyper athletic center, you know, long lanky, kind of the prototypical, five that we see today kind of long and thin can get up and down on the court uh rim run block shots all those sorts of things so those are my one two three 
Um, but there's also with all of those guys, there's lots of question marks on, on all of those three picks. So if, if you franchise, do you feel confident like coming out of the gate? Like, is this one of those drafts, like not to bring up like the 2000 draft or the 2001 draft where you just right. kind of want to block everything and you kind of like, uh, you fuck up a big move. Like, is this one of those drafts where it's just like, there's not a premier player like uh, upstairs, so I'm going to trade down? Or is it one of those where it's just like, yes, I, I, I'm going to make a move. Like I'm franchising yeah. a little tension now. Cause we see a little bit, like, I, I think, I think, you know, I, I, uh, the Timberwolves are a great example. Like uh, Giannis, like if, if he stays there or whatever, but it's still like, there is the chance for a franchise player to put one of these smaller franchises on the map. Sure. Right. Yes. And I think, I think to your point is, is this is the draft to buck any sort of convention and just go with the guy that you, that you believe the most in right and i think that's where we're gonna see that's that's why we're gonna see um some some guys that you know uh killian hayes isaac okoro tyrese halliburton those are all guys that could sneak into the top you know like two three picks right in there that maybe not everyone's talking about uh you know they're all kind of considered lottery picks but you might just say that you know golden state uh or you know charlotte if one of their guys goes, they're going to go and, and, and go after the guy that they want, you know what I mean? Trading yeah, back yeah. is an option, but you also got to find that trading partner to somebody that really desperately wants to move up to get a guy that maybe they could just sit and wait and get. Yeah. You know, I'm an NFL guy. So I, I like yeah. to talk about this. Like, um, so trading back, like is what's the, what's the attitude with these fucking franchises coming into an NBA draft? Like, don't even count this year. I know this year's a little bit different because we didn't see March Madness, but like even coming in, are they like in a mindset like like an NFL where it's just like, oh, let's stockpile and keep trading ourselves back? Or is it just like it's worth us as a franchise to take a flyer? But it's also like they don't want to be like um, you know, they want to build up a like like whatever, like a Rubio right, right. and like ripped off from someone else. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it's definitely like I think in this you you wanna you know you wanna go after your guy um and if that guy that you think is going to be the best fit you can try it back a little bit you know as a little off the radar you can go ahead and and do that but it's not like if, if you because, think guy's gonna fall to you what's it yeah if you think that guy's gonna fall to you you know what i mean so it's like if i if i'm if i'm really into tyrese halliburton the the point guard shooting guard out of iowa state and i'm uh, and I'm, and I'm the, the Warriors. Right. And I think he's, he's going to fit well. He can shoot, he's long and he can kind of play in between Steph and clay. Um, and he, I think he's a ready-made prospect. And I think he's going to be the guy that that's going to be there, uh, to kind of carry the, the franchise a little bit further. Once those guys get a little bit older. Yeah. I'm, I might not just sit there at two. I might try and trade back and see if I can get some other assets. Um, now I don't think that that particular scenario is going to happen. But I think that that's the mindset that teams will be looking looking back at is is like, you know, if 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 Charlotte's clamoring for James Weissman, which they need a center, and they're at number three, you know, that's a good opportunity for one of those two teams who, you know, James Weissman doesn't fit very well with uh, with with Minnesota, and I don't necessarily know if, uh, if let's, let's let's remind listeners. Uh, so what's a one two three pick? Gotcha. Okay. It's it's the Timberwolves at one. Uh, then you have the number two pick with Golden State Warriors, which I think that's going to be the most interesting, like spot. I, I I think that 
I, I, I see the Golden State thing as they trade out, and I think it's a big trade. And I think my, my, my hunch is it's going to involve, um, it's going to involve uh, Andrew Wiggins in some way, shape, or form, just because he's got that big salary that they can move. Um, and they're going to try and see if they can get a, 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 a ready-made veteran today. I don't think they want to, you know, play this game and try and build for the future. And then, uh, and then number three is Charlotte. Uh, number four is the Bulls, and five is the Cavs. So, how do you see this going one through five? So, this is the thing: is is right? Like, I think probably like Minnesota, uh, you know, would would really look at somebody like Anthony Edwards as like a really good fit. But I think the question mark is is he doesn't play very good defense, and neither does does Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. So that's a bit of an awkward fit. Then there's LaMelo Ball, and you've got him who's pretty ball dominant, the same with um, the same with D'Angelo Russell. So and then and then my my top three is uh, Weissman, and he doesn't really fit in with that as well, too. So all of these have a little bit of positional issues, right? Um, but I would say the most fit that makes sense would be Anthony Edwards at one for them. And then if you're looking at then at number two for Golden State, um, if they were if they were looking at Weissman or LaMelo Ball, I think it would make much more sense to have a guy like Weissman who can fill in immediately, be a shot blocker and a rim protector on uh, on the back end of the, the line. Somebody that can be really kind of pushed by a Draymond Green. Uh, and someone who doesn't need the ball to be successful and just can be hyper athletic and and kill him in transition. A team that's been very successful with Kevin uh, Kevon Looney and uh, um, Javale McGee, you know, during their time. So, I think that that makes a lot of sense for them. And then number three, I think the, the Charlotte was kind of hoping for Weissman. Um, I think that that's where they could they could throw a wild card in there because I don't necessarily know if they want Lamelo Ball. Um, in that backcourt with Devontae Graham uh, and some, and, you know, Terry Rozier and stuff like that. So maybe they go for a big because they need a center. And that's when you have Onyeka uh, Okongwu out of USC, you know, kind of in that Bam Adebayo mold uh, in, in Miami. And maybe they go with a big in that. And then that's where you can see like, oh, maybe LaMelo Ball starts to fall, right? Yeah, LaMelo Ball's got other attention. I want to ask you about that. Um, so it's like, obviously, like, the ball camp is great about just advertising and like really pushing things and branding yes. and getting things down our throws. Uh, how good is this guy? Like I said, he is unbelievable, like passer, pick and roll. Like he is definitely made like for... good NBA, NBA status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Great vision, really right. crafty with the ball, very smart. The question marks are with anything is it's like, you know, how good has his coaching been? Right. He's been just kind of this like almost a sideshow esque with where he has his career has taken him going overseas and into Europe and then, you know, playing as a 14 year old at Chino Hills and just kind of being this like deep shooter from, you know, when he was just physically not able to do that stuff. So he's got some stuff to overcome like offensively. I think he is a better shooter than Lonzo is, but he's still got a weird hitching his kind of shot and his, his, he gets, he gets off balance a lot with his feet. Um, 
And then defensively, this is something that it's like, you know, he's just got to improve a lot. I mean, he hasn't really been forced to play defense. So if you can find an environment, you know, if you could find a coach that could really get a hold of him and get him to buy in, I think he's like, I think he'd be, you know, an above average NBA player. I think he probably of those top three is potentially the safest, right? Because I know he has an elite. I guess, yeah. Probably. Yeah, he he has an elite like feel passing for the game. Like you mentioned, Ricky Rubio earlier. Like here's yeah. a here's a perfect comparison to him. If they can just get him to compete on the defensive end, uh, he could very well be like a Ricky Rubio esque, where it's like great feel for the game. That yeah, they're gonna sag off him and dare you to shoot. But you know what? Like, I think he's a better shooter than Rubio is or ever will be. So, you know, there's that. All right. So let's close up one thing. Um, so we're, we'll go into the draft. It happens this Wednesday. What team comes out uh, in a better position than they went in? Like, what's your number one team that's just like, oh, like, we're cooking with the gas. It's a good pick. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, the Celts have three picks, 14, 26, and 30. None of it is so spectacular that it's going to get it but I, I could see them making a move trying to move up I think it's going to be interesting like the guys at the bottom half of the draft there's so many quality role guys like like a Desmond Bain like a um like a uh like a um Jalen Smith and or like a Cassius Winston like I think some veteran team is going to be smart and grab like a savvy guy that's going to come in here. It's not going to be like an all-star, but he's going to be like a contributor, like a, a fourth, fifth, sixth guy somewhere in there that you can trust right off the bat. And I think, you know, I think teams like, you know, the heat are pretty adept at drafting. Um, so it's, 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 it's too hard to tell what the way that this draft is. I don't know. I think we'll, I think in a year when we talk about this draft, we'll sit there and there'll be a lot of guys like a Cole Anthony out of us UNC who was a freshman hurt his, hurt his knee in his freshman campaign, but was like the consensus top player in that draft class coming into it when all the MVP awards had a kind of up and down season. Um, I think like, you know, he falls like somewhere late to, you know, like the, like the heat or, you know, at 20 or the 76ers at 21. And we're like, how the fuck did this guy go there? You know what I mean? Like, I think there'll be a couple of those guys. Yeah, I get it. But is it like, is it like, sometimes we have like one of those drafts are there's a, I, I know there's a lot of plates spinning right here. And some of those draft where it's just like, Oh, like we need to get this guy. Like there's like an amazing talent. Like I'd like to get up to that, like, you know, number one spot to take that guy. And sometimes just like, oh, we got to figure it out. Like, it's just the uh, best of what's available. And that added on to the fact, and we'll get out of this, but added on the fact that, like, we didn't get to see them play in March Madness. Does that matter at all? Like, uh, like how do you rate the strap on a level 1 to 10 of what talent's available? 10 being the most talent and 1 being oh, the least amount? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why people ask that. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. That was a dumb question. Um <laughs> I would say it's like a square, like five and a half. Like it's a 5.5. Like uh, this, is, this is a weak draft. It is a weak draft. It is a okay. weak draft. Like I, I, I th- we're going to look at this and there might be a couple all-stars, but not like a consensus lock them in at his position, but there's yep. going to be, but there's a lot of good, like role players, which is, you know, which is not 
without value. It's just, it's, we're not going to be combing through this and be like, I can't believe there was 10, you know, hall of famers in this draft. That's just not going to yeah. be. Like, we're not, we're not going to be surprised. Like no. a couple of decades from now, we're just going to be like, Oh Jesus Christ. Like I, I don't, I can't believe we weren't talking about LaMelo ball enough. <laughs> I know. I really just hope that. And I, and it's, and it's unfortunate that he, his dad is who he is, but it's like, it'll be ins- insufferable for like a solid three months until the season starts with LeVar Le- ball, like it is, right back in it. You, you think he's like, you think he's a legit player. You I think, think he's he, better he's, than his brother. Yes. I, yeah, I do. I do think so, but it's, I don't want him to be the number one pick. Not because I'm, I'm don't want him to be the number one pick, but also because I, I just can't stand like LeVar ball. Like, now having a platform to sit there and like you know bullshit and talk about how his son's gonna be the best thing since sliced bread and it's like man you know what i mean yeah. like i just can't Where i think that. i think the entire country is exhausted with people telling us what's not happening all right give me your um your one through five right now so um we got timberwolves golden state charlotte chicago cleveland are you gonna put you on the put you on spot yeah, well, let's see here. I go if assuming nobody trades, and like I said, I think that Golden State spot at number two is prime real estate for a trade to happen. Um, so you, think, that, you think they trade down because they're happy about their lineup? I think they, I think that they trade with some team that's trying to cut bait and rebuild, yeah. um, and they're trying to get like a veteran, a veteran player with the with the hefty salary to match Andre or Andrew Wiggins, excuse me. So yeah. my my number one, I'll keep it consistent. Anthony Edwards, yep. the wing the wing out of Georgia. Is this uh, also give give us your take on this because you're uh, you know you're a basketball expert between the two of us. Uh, is that is I mean is this foregone conclusion? Is this going down? This was no no it's not no I, so it's not you don't think so? it, no 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 it's so okay. yeah there's okay they could they could totally there this there is so much uncertainty in this. That it's like I—I I mean, I—I I could say any number of names that I could make sense in this. This is very like when Cleveland had the the over the number one overall and took Anthony Bennett, and everyone's like, "Holy yeah. shit!" Like right. I, I, we could we could very much see uh, Minnesota do something like that. We could see a trade at the number one spot too. Nothing would surprise me. Everything's in play. That's why I think it'll be like a real interesting draft to watch because I think. There's going to be a lot of negotiations. Well, like, I mean, let's talk about this though. Like, uh, let's call space trade. Like, how often do you actually trade out of the number one position? So Minnesota's going in with the number one overall. Like, you're saying it's a weak draft class. Like, if they trade down, are the people interested in getting that one spot? Yeah, I mean, there are. I mean, because because like those, like I said, those top three have plus ability. It's just can I get, can I get it out of this guy? You know what I mean? Anthony Edwards yeah. is the youngest guy in the draft. He also didn't start playing basketball like full-time until his sophomore year in high school, rocketed up like all the recruiting classes and then went into a situation in Georgia where they just were bad. He was just, he was a bad defensive player, but he showed flashes of being, you know, like really dynamic offensively, had a good shot even though his percentage didn't bear out on the three point line, his, his stroke and, and form is good. And his free throw percentage is good, which is always a, a hallmark for good. I, 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 I don't have Adam Schiff. So give me, give me a percent confidence rating. Like you think Anthony Edwards, you think Minnesota stays there and they take Anthony Edwards as like 7%. Oh, I would say, I would say it's like a 30%, honestly. Like that's how you, you think they're, try, they're shopping right now. They're trying to trade down. 
I think they're trying to. I think thirty percent that Anthony Edwards gets picked at that spot. They could go fucking. They could go Lamelo Ball. I could be totally. I wouldn't. Sure. I wouldn't be surprised at. But I, if if I'm putting my hat on that and I'm looking at those top three players, who would I go with? I'd go with Anthony Edwards over the other two, just because yeah. of fit and what it could do. We're going to be terrible defensively, um, but hopefully, I can. My coach can can get it out of them. Then at number two, Golden State Warriors. Um, I think they go with James Weissman, um, assuming that they don't trade. Uh, I think that that is a the right fit for them. Um, if they're especially if they're looking down the barrel of Lamelo and James Weissman, they go James Weissman. Yeah, Golden State has a little like weird opportunity, right? Like it's one of these things where you you rarely see this happen in sports. It's uh, and it, it almost seems like it should be scripted because it's so perfect. It's just like we're um we're dominating we're a legacy right and then we're we're gonna have one bad year and then we're gonna gear back up is this draft giving golden state warriors the opportunity to get that one guy they need or are they just gonna be healthy next year and figure it all out yeah i mean it it very well could be i don't think this is the draft that they're gonna want to do that so that's why i think they want to trade and push out if this was 2021 and they had this and they had an opportunity at like Cade Cunningham or some of these other guys, like 2021 should be a very solid draft class. Then I think they're looking at it like, yes, we're now going to find some guy that's going to carry the torch and we're not worried about position or fit. We'll just kind of figure that out. I think this one, they're looking at more of it from a position fit standpoint. And that's why they go with James Weissman overall. Yeah, it's totally crazy. So I, I knew I was going to save this for another section, but we'll get into it now. Like, I mean, is there, like, what is, I know COVID's affecting everything. Like, what's the philosophy on, like, like Golden State specifically? Are they, are they running it back? Are, like, obviously it's not rebuilding. Are they just trying to be, like, I get one more piece there. Like, this is all we need. And we're going to be right back to, like, an honest four-year run. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think, I think maybe they're not looking at it in that, like that long-term of a, of a, of a, like four years seems like a lot between clay and, and Steph and, and Draymond, especially the way Draymond played this last year, but it's hard to tell if he just didn't give a shit. Cause he just didn't want to be like overextend himself this past season. Um, I think that they're looking at this in a, in a two, three year window tops for these guys to play at peak performance. And I think they're trying to get another chip out of this um, and really cement themselves as, you know, the franchise of the, you know, the 2010s through 2020. Yeah. Um, so I think. Yeah. I, think, think of one more. It's, it's pretty good. It's yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that's going to be uh, pretty incredible. So they're, they're going to look to find, that's why I don't think they want to waste their time. I don't know also too, if, if Steve Kerr would have any interest in like grooming a rookie, especially in this rookie class, that he's going to really like everything is a little bit of a project right so it's like do i yeah. really want to invest the energy and time in this or do i want to take this asset this number two overall pick and find somebody who is willing to give me something that i you know that i look like a a a, a wing three and d player another shooter a spot up shooter that can can defend uh you know and, and take some pressure off of clay and draymond you know, a, a big rim running guy, you know, like a, somebody who's super athletic, who can run and block shots on the back end. So take pressure off that way. Um, and, you know, can kind of, you know, move the ball through the pivot. Um, 
I think they're looking for somebody that's like is a complete and competent basketball player today that can mesh well with them to to carry them for another one to two years to see if they can get a chip out of this. Um, All right, yeah. Uh, so a couple of weeks time, let's uh, let's settle up right now. Uh, okay. So three, four, five. We got Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland. Gotcha. Uh, how do you kind of see that settling Sh- out? Weissman goes number two to the Warriors. Uh, yeah. Onyeka Okongwu from USC goes to Charlotte at three, power forward center. Um, then I think four, Obi Toppin, the basically Ooh. would have been the player Thanks. of the year from Dayton. He goes to number four at the Bulls, and then uh, the Cavs at five. I think they bite at Lamelo Ball, only because why not at that point. Is uh, and I will say this one last time when we talk about it. Is a Lamelo Ball a good basketball player, or does he just have the ball name? No, no, he's a good basketball player. Yeah, okay. he's a good basketball. Player. So we'll see how. Um, what did you do for your job? Are you excited? You just like I don't know, you put a little like suit. You just watch it. <laughs> right, work. right, exactly. I put a three-piece suit on. Yeah, exactly. I got I like you know, it. and I sit there. I put the green like cover on a, on a table in there, and I sit there. And I just make sure all the kids like I put my phone on there and I talk to every time a pick goes off and shake my hand while I didn't get the call. Oh, it's gonna be so interesting. Um, all right, um, like date night. Let's go to the jam. Oh yeah, it's the mad date night. The showdown is where they fight. Here they discuss if this movie sucks. Why? Because this part fucks. I said this part. Maybe date night. We're talking The Rock. I think we did this because we we rated our top three Michael Bay movies. Yes, we did. I, I think it showed up on both our lists. Do you get a do you get a peep this? You peep I did. This? I got to watch it. It was fun. I uh, I watched it in a couple different settings. There, just trying to squeeze it out. It's good, man. I this movie's good. It's a lot of fun. You bring yeah. the kids in. This is a, you get the kids can watch this. Is, there's too much cursing and and you know and, is there a lot of cursing yeah there's a lot of cursing not from not from the cages but outside of that and a lot of like shooting and killing and you know some sex right. it's probably not a good 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 movie kid no good kids all right movie, you're yeah. right you're right you're right um all right well, um let's get into it right now um toughest plot pills to swallow anything you couldn't get around rewatching um i i just couldn't get around um the generals fucking like all of a sudden now i'm going to i've, I've committed to this like I, i'm not buying the like you've left our guys out in the you know to die and and not you know not respect our our men and then we do this thing for money and then we're not going to get the money it's just it's a weird like it's a yeah, weird there's, position there's a, yeah there's a little bit of political statement coming out like uh, and they fire with everything and i do like uh it makes it weird because we have the um our our lead character what is he uh harris harris ed harris yeah ed yeah harris. yeah ed harris comes back and he's just like guys they call their bluff it's over and they kind of he has an internal mutiny where they kind of take over yeah right because they're like we're mercenaries now at this point and we're we're doing this for our money mercenaries get fucking paid and that's yeah. like i guess it's like i don't really know like if you're if you're making that scene, then it's not about the money. Then then you would make the 
like you'd make the negotiation not about money you'd make it about recognition and like you know putting the government in a spot like especially when you've got the angle of like john mason who is also like has all the top secrets in the yeah. in the world you know tucked away somewhere you you would think you'd want to sit there and be like i want recognition for these guys i want recognition and also i'd want you know maybe a little bit of money too so we could escape and live on a you know deserted island somewhere you know quietly let's go back is this movie what you remembered it was or were there like kind of curveballs you're just like oh shit i forgot about that this movie was this movie was a lot funnier than i remember it being like i, I remember i was like I wrote that and I was like, is this movie like more of a comedy than it is an action movie? Like this, yeah, there's a couple of times where I laughed sometimes just cause I was like, man, that's a weird, like Nick Cage is just a weirdo in this movie. And that's kind of funny to yeah. watch. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, sometimes it was definitely like, I think this is, well, this, yeah, this, yeah, this is up the alley of like Nick Cage trying to be a leading man. And he's like, uh, and he's, he's throwing home runs. He's yeah. trying to do it. Like he's trying to make it happen. It's just like, it doesn't quite stick. Like, um, well, I, I'm sure we'll get into it. Like when best quotes and everything is just like, oh yeah, like uh, she was a prom queen, like everything. But just like, let's go to like, how much is like Sean Connery in this? How much did you love? Like, is it this, is it this the quintessential? Like, this is how we used to make movies. Yes. This was, yes. this was the movies I miss. I miss, yes. like, I miss this billboard. I miss this movie poster. I miss this trailer. I'm just like not talking about comic book movies. And it's just like, okay. Nick Cage, uh, Sean Connery, The Rock, they have to break into Alcatraz to like free everybody. It's just like, yeah. yes, I'm all ears. It's the perfect amount of camp and like yeah. Yeah. sweetness and heart and action. Like that the the car chase scene, as ridiculous as it is, is fucking entertaining. Yeah. And the movie fucking cooks. Like it moves through it. You're like, all right, I you know, I step away, like, oh shit, I gotta go back and rewind that a little bit see what happened you know what i mean it's like i'm not i wasn't finding myself like going to my phone and like half listening i was like i'm in bored i'm, I'm enjoying this this movie moves do you like uh, like just as as a uh, on a macro do you like car scenes or no i don't like car scenes you don't like, like car uh, scenes? like you don't like chase scenes yeah like like the car chase is just like i just kind of get bored i'm just like yes i get it we're going down like what's next? <laughs> yeah i do i like it i mean if it's if it's I, and not to this is more your domain but if it's like if the sound is right and it sounds good like it's it can be very engaging like it can be very tense to watch i know that's like a, a, a nerdy thing to say but that i do like i do i do enjoy like the whole experience and if it's like it has you lead forward you lead yeah, forward. exactly i lean into it for sure yeah you know it's like it's definitely not like you're not moving the plot forward, but it is cool to see coming to these like, oh shit, like how are they going to do this? Plus we've all seen it before too. So I always like to give like a little tip of the map to those that, you know, can can throw a curveball in there that I was not expecting, you know? Yeah. Going back on this movie, like did you think it's better than you remembered or was it just like, uh, you're like, this is just kind of like disintegrating with time? No, it was it's right where it was when i when we watch it it's it's it i think it holds up like i don't like nothing seems like yeah. super dated out of this yeah you know yeah so um all right well let's go so toast plot pills you got anything oh yeah well when when mason throws the like cia guy over the fucking ledge 
with the string from the uh the shower like how <laughs> like, his fucking arm doesn't yeah. pop off and just like he flails oh my god i was talking about that too yeah even if crawling up like so we've seen this we've seen this in mini movies like the throwing the dude over the fucking ledge yeah yeah it's just like yes your arm would leave its socket or your arm would just be hanging there as it rips out and the rest of your body like yeah yeah that that would be a painful death for sure um there was one thing that i realized afterwards when so so the rock is is no longer functional they don't use it they just do tours on it but then the fucking boiler and this like just insane like heating system is working when we get there right and so when mason has to like remember the the intricate like pathway to go through these like metal cranks going down and these insane like heat blasts firing off he's got he's like i memorized the time and then he remembers it like 30 odd years later and then rolls through it's like well why is that hvac unit like still cooking like 30 (laughs) years later it shouldn't be on like the pilot light went out they shouldn't be going on and also too like a guy who's been in prison reading philosophy and books, you know, obviously he's kept in good shape, but you're not a crack shot. You're not coming out there and like throwing knives through mercenaries necks. You know what I mean? Like use more of your cunning and your wits than your, than your, your CIA skills. Are you, are you, are you a Nicholas Cage guy at all? Are you pro Cage? Uh, Are you anti Cage? This is tough, right? Cage is cage is like, so very misunderstood right like i i don't know like i think he's not a good actor but i think he has yes i think he's been given amazing opportunities yes he's been given lots of at bats lots of cracks at the at the fucking plate (laughs) um but i think he does make unique choices that make me go oh that's weird and interesting you know what i mean like okay that's exactly yeah he's it's interesting it's interesting to watch nick cage act at the same thing, like when he gets the things out, like the Rockman, I'm sure we're getting the best quotes, but it's just like oh. Rockman there was like when all that's like I did you did you believe this? Were you able to suspend disbelief for when they're shaking out those green goblets? Right. And like they kill everybody. With the oh yeah, no, yeah. No, I it, it is a little tough to watch him now all of a sudden become like the nerd who has to like you know take on all these bad guys and he's like you know totally like ready to roll and he hadn't been shooting for a while and fires the rocket in that dude like through the thing yeah it's hard to be- it's hard to believe but you know what at that point of the yeah. movie you're already I, in you're i love i love the premise and we're not making movies like that anymore i love the premise the premise is like alcatraz is taken over by fucking hostages yeah or are t- taken over by mercenaries like that's yeah. interesting that's super interesting yeah, absolutely. Great scene, great, great like location. We've we've seen this like plot before, but like I I love where it is. I'm like, oh, this is like this impenetrable fortress. Like, how are you gonna get there? And they're yeah. gonna see you coming. It's great, you know. And then I do love like the whole John Mason thing, with like he's the only guy that's ever escaped, right? So you've got like, yeah, you're the best in the business. You're the guy that's no one else could could do bringing that out you know what i mean break bringing him in and then pairing him with the unlikely like hero it's a very fun concept it's so paint by numbers but when it's done well it's super enjoyable yeah so good uh all right so um let's talk best quotes any quotes hanging up for you man i mean pretty much anytime that 
fucking cage opens his mouth right i mean it's like <laughs> it's fucking nuts um well michael bean has the the great line when the seals and the mercenaries are squaring off in the bathroom and he has that whole speech to to hummel you know ed harris's character uh and he's like well, you know we spilled the same uh, same blood and the same mud like that's always great like i love those moments. yeah yeah that's good it's um, good because yeah we're set we're set up the the bad guys the antithesis what like we can come back on that's good. right um i did like I did, I did like when when he found out when Cage found out that his girlfriend Vanessa Marcel by the way like perfect like 90s girl like whatever happened to v- Vanessa Marcel by the way like I know, I don't poor, know. Poor, poor little poor little something out from Vanessa but he finds out that she's pregnant and then you know he's like well gosh a lot's changed since then like you know what i mean like it's just a great like little weird delivery that he has and it's like perfect little like wit it's like you know seven seconds ago you're ready to to you know you didn't want kids and he's like well that was you know a lot's changed since then yeah yeah it's cooking with the gas yeah um yeah and then you mentioned the prom queen one right uh, prom, winners, yeah. winners go home and fuck the prom queen carla was the prom queen Really, I love, I love, I love that line. Yeah. I love, like this, uh, that's Sean Connery and Nicholas Cage, like just head to head. Which is the majority of this movie is just like seeing them kind of go head to head, and like Ed Harris eventually like balking on the. He was just like they called her bluff, and then he has his own internal mutiny. Yeah. Which you got anything you like? Anything on on the uh, the best uh, the best lines? Uh no, I just like I want to keep it to um. I, just, I I like the prom queen line a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then also like I you know I like movies do it right. Like uh, when Sean kind of says "Welcome to the Rock," I like when the movie title. I know everybody does. <laughs> but like when movie title's done well, and it's just like "Welcome to the Rock," and it's just like, oh shit, this movie's called The Rock. Like yeah, it, you're the like oh <laughs> yeah, it's just, the movie starts from there, and he does it really well. He doesn't like. He doesn't do it like tongue in cheek. He's just like welcome to rock, and it's just like we're in it. It's like it's great. Oh, there, there was there was a great there was this is what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of funny lines. Like, remember when they lock all the the tour like the 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 the, the um yeah the tourists the tourists in there, and the guy's like, "What kind of fucked up tour is this?" Like, it's yeah, just it's yeah. a very funny like line delivered perfectly it's like that guy's got his one line and he fucking nails it and it's little stuff like that all throughout it that's like perfect does it make you does it not make you miss movies from the fucking 90s like 90s movies were like because i don't feel like it's that anymore like it yeah. was you know and i just i watched uh spoiler alert i watched my cousin benny like Ooh. uh and i watched that like two days ago mm-hmm. and it was just like it's like oh shit yeah i forget that it's a premise, you know, it's like three actors you trust. Yeah. Just like driving the comedy or the drama of whatever it is. And it's just like, oh, that's what Brian into. And now it's like, you don't, I just don't feel like you get that anymore. Yeah. I feel like everything's like trying to be like super smart or like witty and pithy. Like, just give me something to like, just give me eye candy. I yeah. settle into this like a warm a bath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, just give it to me, baby. I'm ready. No, it's great. I loved it. It was it was very fun. Yeah, it definitely. And maybe it, what part do you think Brandana like is nostalgia, nostalgia or like 
that were just that it is like if if you were to show a 20 something year old this movie you know in today's climate would they walk away with the same feeling that we walk away with i think so because i think there is um something you can't I think movies are changing. I think the way movies are changing is just like you're the suspicion of disbelief. It's just like, okay, like I'm watching this thing blow up. I know it's fake as shit, but I don't care because it's right. just like some movies work. But The Rock was still in the age of just like, oh, like I see an explosion. Like that was real. Like, like they put fucking dynamite on a set and they shot that. Right, right, right. They really still, blew like, some shit up, yeah. Yeah, they blew some. So it's that's still that's still fun and interesting to watch. Like if it right. was, you know, if you walked with a script like we're talking about of uh, Michael Zavini or like The Rock, and you're competing with, you know, like uh Fantastic Four, or whatever. It's like Fantastic Four is going to win, but it's like if you can, if you make me know that like this Rock shit was actual, like they went to Alcatraz and they actually shot, which they did. Yeah. That's that's super interesting. That's fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no better set dressing or CGI that's going to recapture just kind of like the the history of the rock, right? Yeah, you guys should look this up too. I think Sean Connery. Um, I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna be super vague because I don't know how specific it is, but it was Michael Bay wanted to shoot something and The Rock ran out of money and Sean Connery was like, I'm not gonna shoot unless you guys find the fucking money to yeah. like. Like to finish Michael Bay's vision, which is fucking great. Yeah, yeah. There is a couple times in that that I think like the the studio was busting Michael Bay's balls, and Sean Connery like stood up for it, like really liked what it, it was doing. But it's just like you know, good good on Sean Connery. You know what I mean? Like using his like clout to protect you know his director, especially if you believe yeah, like, him. Uh, yeah. it, it fucking worked. Look at that. I love The Rock. Look at that. Look at that right there. All right, uh, let's give it. Um, air horns right now okay ready what do we do, do want... zero to five we never know we never know that? zero to five yeah i think it is five ready yep yeah you do four and a half I'll, I'll give it a little i'll give it a little beep little, little beep, beep a little four and a quarter uh, I, yeah, this it's just one of those movies like it always, uh, you know, it is for all intents purposes. If um, if Shawshank Redemption didn't exist, yes. this would be the number one movie. Like if it's on TNT, you stop everything <laughs> and you just watch it. <laughs> you just watch it. You just get it on. You know. There you go. I love it. Um, all right, buddy. Let's get into uh, Neapolitan Showdown. Bring a jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Alright, the above showdown um, Top three sports conspiracies Ooh. Do, you, do, you, do you like uh, Unsolved Mysteries? Do you watch that? I do, I do. I know there was the redo, the the redo one on Netflix, right? I I tried getting into that. I didn't. I I couldn't really, couldn't really cook with that one. Oh, you didn't cook. That song used to haunt me. Like I remember that song is scary as shit. It's a scary fucking song. Yeah, I remember my mom playing it. She was like, she'd fire up unsolved mysteries, and it's like I'd rather go to bed right now. Oh, I know. Like I want to shut my door, and I I do not need there. 
You can't see this, audience, but Brandon's hair just like stood up on end. Wait, white as a ghost. Um, all right. Um, we're talking a little unsolved mysteries, sort of. We're talking (laughs) (laughs) conspiracy theories. Uh, what do you got? Number three, come to the gate. Ooh, number three. I like this one. Uh, I had forgotten about this and I was trying to do some research because I was like, I kind of had a feeling what what would the consensus would be. But then I remember this little one. If you remember, remember, uh, Cal Ripken Jr. had the consecutive games played streak i was i did i know this one yeah Yeah. no no tell your story yeah so so there was in the midst of it uh cal ripkin jr who's gonna have home game at camden field uh and there was a power outage so the game was called they didn't play the game the rumor is the conspiracy is that cal ripkin jr and his wife were good friends with one kevin costner and i think he was married at the time and uh, Kevin Costner, great baseball player in his own right, Hollywood actor, loves kind of the camaraderie of the baseball. Maybe went more Bull Durham in this one than, you know, uh, <laughs> and ended up, uh, it seems like that Cal Ripken Jr. walked in and, and Mr. Costner and Mrs. Ripken were, uh, you know, during, doing the horizontal limbo. Oh, wow. And so fucking Cal Ripken Jr. was obviously distraught as many would be sure. and uh, didn't want to play. And then the owner, I think uh, not Mickey Loomis drink, everybody. Anyways, the owner was like, well, fuck that. We're not, we're not losing this streak right now. I think it had been already after he broke Lou Gehrig's streak, but still he was like, I want to run this thing fucking out. This is a money-making machine for me. And I'm not going to have this blow up for me. So we're just going to cut the power to the stadium. And uh, yeah. We'll pick it back up. So you're what you're saying, like the conspiracy that we're talking about right now, which I'm fascinated with, yeah. is that Cal Ripken had and does have like the longest like consecutive starts for Major League Baseball. It's like two thousand one hundred and thirty-eight, something like that. He, he was he was friends with Kevin Costner. Uh, yeah, Kevin Costner. This with Wolves, Kevin Costner. Right. And then Kevin Gossner was banging Cal Ripken's wife. Yes. And he was like, I'm, this fucks me up so much. I don't want to play tomorrow. Right. And, and figured were, it out. And they were and like, no, figured no, no, no. out. Woke up power. <laughs> right. We'll, we'll keep something going. wrong at the stadium and we'll keep this streak going. Oh, man. So, um, what's the story here? I guess the story is it's dangerous to be friends, allegedly, with Kevin Gossner. It, yeah. First off, have you seen the guy? He's handsome. He holds up. Yeah, he was charming. I don't like. He's like. I think you're more charming than Kevin Costner. Oh, thank you, like, sir. Yeah, I don't have a wife, but if I walked in, it was like Kevin Costner banging my wife. Be like, oh God, I'm angry. If you're banging my wife, it'd be like, you know, sometimes it chips fall within me. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, if you're banging my wife, be like, I guess we're gonna pod on Saturday. <laughs> we got a pod. The pod. Uh, she obviously can't be a guest. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, okay, so my number one, I want to talk to you. Like, this is why I so I miss. I'm really excited. I I didn't build up how excited I was about this list because okay. I like you on this shit. You got excited when I texted you, right? It's yeah, like oh, yeah. we're doing conspiracy theories, and you're just like, "Fuck yes, let's 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 do this." Yeah. 
Um, so let's come to the gate. Let's do Frozen Envelope. Did this yes. happen? 1985, right? The draft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no way to prove it. So there's two. So so for those that know, 1985, the NBA draft. Um, that's where they used to do it, and basically like a fucking like a, a lotto drum, right? They had a big lotto, and you just pull these cards out of the, out of the packet. Uh, and that was, you know, who got the first pick or whatever. So David Stern was trying to save the flailing New York Knicks franchise. And they said that they, you know, allegedly that they froze the envelopes. It was cold. There's also another rumor that they bent a corner, which doesn't hold up to me as much as like freezing an envelope. Well, because you see the video. And I think also, like, I think, I think freezing the envelope is brilliant. Yeah. I think it's so smart. (laughs) It's just like, how can we make this envelope look like not the other envelopes to the touch? It's yeah. just, like, oh yeah, fuck, put one in the freezer. That's so smart. Yeah, brilliant. And they kind of like, and this was the year of the draft where Patrick Ewing was the number one. So unlike 2020 in 1985, it was pretty clear Patrick Ewing was the, the best prospect center out of Georgetown. And uh, whoever was going to get him was going to have their franchise change forever. So you know, we can't have your, your biggest market, you know, one of your, your one of two biggest market teams flail in the infancy of your basketball league and your run as a commissioner. Cause I think he was like five years in at that point, I think 1980 is when he started. So it's like, I need to make sure they balance out some of this power. Right. So. Yeah. So put in there, like it been, it's just like, I, I don't know, like obviously it denies it. Like we have the Donnie yeah. thing that's on your list, but uh, it's, it's still, it's super. If you look at the video, it does look like he's searching a little bit, but I mean, I don't know. What's your take on it? Like, I, I'm not, I'm not super conspiracy theory. Like I usually like to get the benefit of the doubt. Right. Yeah. I would say, you know, it's a, it's a fun one. That's why uh, I, I, didn't have it on my list or did I no I didn't have it on my list but it was one of those ones like that was it's a fun one it's a it's worthy of number three because it's like it's fun speculation it's a like you said if if that's how they did do it it's fucking brilliant and it's like one of those things where like you'll never quite know and it's always fun to kind of have it you know uh, on the back burner like oh that's how they did it and I, I I like that one all right what's number two buddy what do you got number two um, I'm going the first, first and only uh, boxing match between Sonny Liston and what was Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, uh, the Phantom Punch, where it's that classic. Everyone's seen the photograph of Ali standing over, kind of arm curled, yelling down at Sonny Liston as he sprawled out on the canvas. There, Sonny Liston, for all at that point in time was was like was one of the most dominant heavyweights in boxing but had like a real uh seedy life off of the i guess the boxing canvas i'm not sure like involved with the mob and so there's a a big conspiracy that he took a dive in that in that because he owed the money he owed the mob money and they told him that he was going to take a dive because this is this is pre this is cassius clay he wasn't the world burner that we knew him or we remember him. He was still like an up and coming fighter, a lot of promise, but Sonny Liston was Sonny Liston. And so for him to knock him down, I think it was in the seventh round was really unexpected. And it kind of went down on what looked like a soft punch 
when you watch back at it, it's one of those things where it's like, it does look like he makes contact, but it's not the most like, you know, haymaker that you've ever seen, you know? And and that one to me, like that one makes a lot of sense because listen was into drugs. He had a lot of off the field stuff that was going on and was definitely involved with the mob for a large period of time as kind of like an enforcer for them. So it makes, it makes a lot of sense that, if there was a dive to be taken, he would be the guy to do it. And it would be a great, you know, it, it would make sense why Cassius Clay was screaming at him over top of him to get his ass up. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, so I'm going to do two slots. I'm going to do deflate gate. I know that's like, um, so every time I dismiss it and it's like, obviously like the Patriots did get fined draft picks to make it happen and they're looking at but it was like just the idea of you know tom brady just showing his cell phones before all that went down and like no one like actually and it never came to a head is this what these things are like they never we do we just never get like the full like true story like it's so weird because was like he was like there's text messages like like texting the fucking ball boys just like oh this is how i like it like yeah, like that, the, and the guy got fired, and he shows all all his fucking like cell phones, and he's just like, "Oh, I don't have the cell phones anymore. I destroyed them." It's like that's fucking weird. And then we're just like, now we're here right now. It's like we never know what this true story is. Yeah, and that's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, it's great because it's like, well, were they really maliciously cheating that way, or did they think it was some advantage? Like, what what's the story? And then you said destroying yeah. the the phones. My guess would be is, is that they just didn't want to see. I'm sure they were trying to hide something much more severe than fucking deflating footballs, so they destroyed the phones. Um, but yeah, it is it is like a perfect like breeding ground for conspiracy. It's like what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? And they even had another thing with with Spygate in the first one where yeah, they, 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 I almost brought that up too. It's not it's not on my list, but yeah, they also like they, didn't they destroy the video? Like they destroyed the, the video. NFL destroy all their video of all the stuff that they had they had filmed. So it's like, so how far did it go back? Like you know what I mean? Like he caught him, yeah. but was the Rams you know warm up in in the that first Super Bowl that they played? Was that there or not? You know what I mean? And there's a lot of like you know hubbub about that stuff. Uh, but anytime, yeah, anytime you see stuff where like stuff gets destroyed, you're like, well, what, what's what's going on? <laughs> Yo, why are we getting rid of all this? Why are we getting rid of all that stuff? But yeah, anything, yeah, the Patriots have a long history. I'm glad you put Deflategate on there because uh, I, I, yeah. I I would call was, that a, a little bit of a little 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 dicey, a little shaky. Not really sure what's going on there. Weird. Well, what's your top spot, brother? Top spots. Um, well, can we kind of just throw out a couple other other ones? Oh, you do, yeah, constellation bracket, yeah, yeah. Put a little console bracket yeah. bracket before we do that. Um, Spygate, we said I had that on there. The Kurt Schilling bloody sock. Do you oh, know what's this the... one? That he faked. No, it, that he faked, he it, faked that he was, it. Yeah, that he was like squirting it because he was he just came off an of ankle surgery, and Kurt Schilling was worried that if he uh, performed poorly, that he was going to get booed. So he squirted a little bit of red ink or ketchup or whatever on his sock. And as and it, then it became like folklore that it was. Uh, so he, he was like, worst case scenario, I don't play well, but people are just like, oh, well, if he was he's battling through it. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. That's insane. No. But actually, that sounds right. <laughs> um, I think I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, um, 
my number one is the Jordan suspension. That's my and, number one. Too. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that would be. It's the one that's like the meatiest. Well, I said, look, I, we, have you and I ever talked about this? I don't know if we have. And we, like, I, I, I don't know if we talked off. about it. Yeah. Did we talk about it when we watched the the Last Dance? Oh, uh, I think maybe we did. Maybe like, we uh, did. I don't yeah. know how much we dove. Maybe into after it. dark. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can get into it now. Uh, like, what's your? I want your take on it. I'll give you the win. Let's just move on. Everybody's okay. waiting. Like, I'll give you the win. Like, you're better <laughs> about the shit than I am. But it's just like, what? What do you? What do you see happening? I mean, heading like pre last dance and post last dance. Because I go, I like, two I, I'm not, not to interrupt you again, but also like I go back and forth. Yes. Like I'm just like okay, well, like can there be this mass conspiracy? And then does the NBA give that much of a shit to like make this happen? But then, like, you watch, like, Last Fucking Dance or you just watch back Michael Jordan play and you're just like, oh, like, this is such a powerful entity. The NBA cannot lose this. Yes. That they would do anything to – what do they have to do? They have to teach him a lesson and internally go. Yeah, no, no. And that's the thing, too. And he was at the top of his game. There – and it, it doesn't – in our brains, it doesn't add up that someone would be – We'll put it in 1998, isn't it? It's a weird time to retire, right? He's what? He's 34. He's 35. No, no, no. That's the that's the second time he retired. The first time he retired was after the first run in 93, because he comes back in 94. Yeah, close enough. But that's what we're we're talking about the first retirement. That's yeah. you and I were talking about that first retirement. So yeah, he's yeah. that's when he went and played baseball. Fucking late like, 20, fuck? 28? Yeah, he's like 28 in the at the peak of it. And like I just can't sit there and say like he dominated like he dominated everybody. His dad dies, is you know, killed, and him and his dad had talking about that he was gonna quit and play baseball. Like you would think and his dad loved baseball so much that his dad was like, Yeah, hey, yeah, you can do it. Like I just think at that moment in time with your dad, if my if I was twenty eight and I was literally like a multi million dollar multi millionaire, I'm Tiger Woods, right? Yeah, take the yeah, take the money out of it. You're the best at what you do. You're I'm the, the best at what I'm doing, right? But it's like, but I'm world renowned for this one thing, and then at like in my career only can last for you know, at best, like another seven years. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go play baseball now. My dad would be like, I, I know I like baseball is my favorite sport and I love baseball, but son, you're making a mistake. Like that's stupid. Don't do that. You're, you know, you haven't played baseball. Well, okay. Before. Okay. Let me play devil's advocate. I could see the angle of you're just like, I'm the best at basketball. I just ran, I just uh, won three championships in a row. Like, can I be the best at another sport also? I get how like that hubris, that ego could show up and just be like, all right, like I dominated basketball. Now I'm going to dominate baseball. Right. And that's where I would say like, as the dad, like removed from that, that's where you'd be like, look, I gotta, I might be the only one that could talk you down from this decision. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is that, and if he's hook, line and sink around the team, like, yeah, shit, yeah, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. You could do that. And do whatever you want and maybe at that point his dad was I, that's the thing it's him and his dad were so close that i don't understand like why his dad would co-sign on that. it just it, it it just doesn't make sense to me but again i'm not you know his dad and i wasn't i've never well, been let, in let, let, like, with you, like you win uh let's just say 
your dad, let's say, like, whatever, Kubitschek, Kubitschek 2.0, um, we do Kubitschek Jr., whatever. But they just win three chips in one sport, and they walk up, and you've, you've been around them, and you feel like, you're like, I've helped build this. So you're, right. part of, you're part of the ego stream, which is fine. And, like, their take is just like, hey, I dominated this. I'd like to dominate this now. I could get, I, I can kind of see that. You could see I, that? Yeah. I could. I could be like, all right, if they, if they won three championships in a row and they're just like, hey, like, I don't want to be mean. I'm not trying to be egotistical. This is a little boring. I want to see if I can, like, dominate over here also. I'd be like, all right, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's give it, let's fucking go. Let's toss the dice. Yeah, I'd want to see, like, well, what's the plan? Like, <laughs> first off, I'd want to be like, well, how are your finances? Are you all set? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you good to go and do that. But yeah, that's one of those things. And then to like, but then you also like, it'd be, it's, it wouldn't be a full equation. It's like, also, you're gambling terribly at golf and losing and paying guys like millions of dollars. And you're caught up yeah. on this too. You know what I mean? Like, look, do you, do I understand. Commission, Uncle Brandana has been giving you some <laughs> bad dogs lately. Not, not a reason to go into soccer right now. Why are you texting him right now to actually take the Saints <laughs> minus nine and a half? Right. Like, do not. I would have to take yourself up. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you think there's credence to this? This is the ultimate sports conspiracy, right? The sports yes. conspiracy is that. He was gambling, and I don't even know if we said it, that Michael Jordan was gambling on basketball, maybe maybe not games he played in, and then he, well, he had was he was gambling it. a lot on golf. I don't know if there was ever basketball that was per se that came out, um, but he was gambling a lot in poker and other stuff. I don't know if there was ever basketball. Okay, we'll tell we'll tell the listeners what the suspension was in 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 a conspiracy theory world. How did this go down? Yes, in the conspiracy theory world, he had gotten in trouble with a couple like golf pros. Um, there was a investigation where some fucking low life criminal had like a check from Michael Jordan for like sixty grand or something like that. And then there was a book that came out that the guy, this like pro am golfer, fucking Michael Jordan paid him like a million bucks or whatever. Um, so, and there's just been lots of rumors about him going to Atlantic City and gambling and playing poker and gambling all over the place. Um, and it was just like a, a real big compulsion for him, which could be like a Pete Rose esque, you know, but to my, my ultimate entity, which is the, the, the brand of my league, Michael Jordan. If, he, if this spills or if he gets compromised, this is a bad thing for our sport. So the rumor is that David Stern, who, you know, cultivated this league, grew this league and shepherded it, set Michael Jordan down and was basically like gave him a year and a half suspension, like an 18 month suspension and concocted a plan to like not publicly shame him for, um, for gambling and they conceive this idea to play baseball because he gets signed by Jerry Reinsdorf's Chicago White Sox, who Jerry Reinsdorf owns the Bulls as well too, and made this perfect little segue um, to go and, and play baseball for 18 months. And the story is like that, you know, fucking, you know, he, him and his dad concocted this idea that they wanted to play baseball that he was done and he had he had vanquished all of his enemies on the basketball court and was now looking for the new challenge um it's 
you i like you said i some days i'm 60 40 this way some days i'm 60 40 that way you know what i mean it's like yeah so weird like i like hearing you saying it again out loud and i've heard this and i like we've all watched the fucking documentary we've all like looked this up it's still and i challenge you again to look at it and still like i don't know what side i fall on and so when you don't know what side you fall on it it sucks to accuse somebody of something that has been proven Right. So just like, uh, I gotta give, you know, I gotta give Michael Jordan a bit of a doubt, but still like all that shit looks it makes total sense. Like retiring from baseball at twenty eight seems fucking insane. Yes. It, it does. Insane. It seems crazy to go and play a sport that you haven't played since high school. Yeah. Like you, And then you're not you're not amazing at. Like, right. He wasn't right. great at baseball. Well, right. I mean he was he you know, he made incredible strides, but he was a, a peak athlete. But it was just like a, a nuts thing to do. And that's you mentioned ego stream. Like, can you imagine being that? Like, you'd have to be so confident in yourself. Like, I I don't even care about how good you are. Like, I don't the the stones to be like, yeah, I can go and just go play baseball. Like, it's it's got to be insane to just sit there and do that. That's why it just fosters this. Like, what's really going on? You know what I mean? And it's one of those things. If you were to put both of those ideas in a vacuum. And then go like, what's the most plausible, right? Because that's the truth usually is like the most reasonable, like straight line thing. Like, that's why this is such a good conspiracy. Because you could really play it out both ways and be like, yeah, that makes sense. I could see how that happens. Hey, I'll play you on the spot. Let's uh, close it down. Uh, what's the biggest conspiracy we'll see coming out of 2021? What do you see at the end of next year? Ooh, 2021. We actually talked yeah. about this. Uh, 2021. Uh, TB12, I mentioned this before, TB12, the sports performance, <laughs> sports enhancement. <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady. Finally get busted. Oh, yeah. It's going to get something shady is going to come out of there. Because, <laughs> like, you're an alien. You've been fucking, like, right. 22 this entire time. Or you're using drugs that we don't even know what's going on. I guess it's been the MAB Sports Podcast coming at you, as we always do. Episode one. 42. Create your jump. I am brand Dan. Let's do our MVPs really fast. Who you got, brother? Oh, yes. Uh, MVP. Uh, we just celebrated our 11th year anniversary. So, of course, it's going to be Dr. Mrs. The Commish. Oh, you guys married 11 years? We've been married 11 years, November 14th. Nice, buddy. Nice. Yeah. We went out to dinner, did the whole thing. It was nice. It sounded pretty serious. Yeah, I know. It's it's lining up. I think, I think we're going to go the distance. <laughs> So what do you guys do for dinner? Uh, you just get like uh, the babysitter comes in. And you guys actually get escape a little bit. Yeah, we went. We had dinner. We went to uh, this nice restaurant called Corn Dance. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I got a fifty-five day aged uh, ribeye. Nice. Medium rare. Uh, I'm a little bit more on the rare side. I couldn't yeah. remember what you did on your on your on your precursor drink, so I just went with like a. They had like a, a a bourbon like with like they called it the revolver with like pepper. It was a nice spice to it. You did like a you did like a martini, right? Is that what you did? You did two before, martinis? yeah, uh, yeah. I do I do uh, the clears before and then you did browns after. Yeah. Okay. So I oh, did I did that. It was good. We did a little tuna tuna poke appetizer. Yep, yep, we got uh, uh, we got got the wedge added shrimp to it. It was very good. Then she got shrimp and lobster rigatoni, and I got the steak 
little corn mash side, little mashed potatoes. Is it is it uh, is it fun? Just kind of like because you guys rarely probably get to hang out like one on one. Is it yeah. like is it fun? It's just like oh you're like oh fuck I forget like you know like you're my best friend in the world and you're just like you're right, right. got it up. That's a, that's gotta be good. Hang. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was good to get away. You know, Doctor Mrs. The Commish. It, it was fun because she was like I don't know if I can drink this much, but she drank. <laughs> we we got a whole bottle of wine and it was good. It was fun. It was nice. It was good nice. to get out there. And- awesome. Um, all right, I'll throw my MVP to. I'm going to do Dustin Johnson. Yes. This guy comes in, peaks and valleys about if you see a newspaper article with him. But he did, uh, Master, you get the green jacket. You get the green, get the green jacket. I'm going to give you a tip of the map. Bow, 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 That's, sir. Master's done. Uh, Dustin Johnson hitting that. Uh, guys, this has been the MAB Sports Podcast, episode 142. I'm Brandon Adam. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Uh, audience, the uh, the anniversary gift for episode 142 is Hot Pod. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.